This is in season 40. I absolutely refuse. This is a podcast. Welcome to Ask an Atheist with me, Sam Mulvey, 844-SKEPTIC, 844-753-7842. That's our voicemail, toll-free nationwide. We are not live. Um, And it's been a couple weeks since our last episode, and you might think that's because we had this big, heavy, slumgullion of a thing that was uh, all over the place and sort of about the future of the show, and we'll talk about that later. But that's not why. That's not why we went uh, on break. So, uh, hi Becky, how are you? I'm good, Sam. How are you? Well, I can talk again. <laughs> yes, that's you can. Cool. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, I can totally. I can all all the all the phonemes of the English language and a few that are not uh, are, are are again available to me thanks to the modern the, the power of of modern medicine. Because let me tell you. Your nightmare, you know, you know, those dreams that you have that y'all keep talking about where you're at an important meeting and and something important is happening and then your teeth just sort of fall out mid procedure or yeah. mid conversation. Yeah. Like I'm I'm lecturing to a bunch of ninth graders or something. Yeah. I get those. I mean, I get those dreams, too. But for me, they're kind of different because that's just my basic reality. That that's just a thing that happens to me on on a daily basis, not on a daily basis, but on a on a basis that I am really uncomfortable with its regularity. That's almost English. <laughs> well, we know we know your relationship with time is an interesting one, but yes. Usually my 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 relationship with syntax is much better than whatever the hell that was. <laughs> I think that was in C, but whatever. Go on. Yes, I would agree that your face failing <laughs> fails, happens, occurs at... See, now I'm all messed up with my syntax. Yeah. Your face fails with greater regularity than one would find comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Um, so last week, I was just talking uh, and, and hanging out, you know, in my house for the, you know, 11th consecutive year. Has it been that long? Uh, well, it was a solar minimum last summer, and it's a solar minimum this summer. And there's 11 years difference between solar minimums. So yeah, I'm I'm uh, it's been 11 years. I just thought that the month of April lasted 864 yeah, days. But anyway, I'm just hanging out talking to Becky when uh in the words of a famous Australian comic skit, the front fell off. <laughs> yeah, yes, And by it the did. front, <laughs> I mean the front of my face fell off. Uh, for those of you who are not aware, I have horrendously bad teeth. It's part genetics, part not at all genetics. Um, and all of the teeth that you see are, are artifice. They're not, they're not mine. Uh, they were built for me. Some of them were 3D printed, and those are the cool ones. Those are my favorites. Actually, it was the 3D printed ones that fell out! And, uh, and, and yeah, this bridge happened, so, so it was a bridge that failed, uh, because the teeth that it was attached to broke, and it was held on with a single titanium screw and, like, some temporary bridging, so it was stable enough that it wasn't an emergency, and then this, uh, last week, only a few days, uh, less than a week after we, we, uh, finally aired, uh, the last episode... Um, the previous episode, the previous not last episode. as in final episode. Right. And I guess that's a distinction worth making now. It just sort of fell out. And then I had this great, like, 
I don't know what else to call it, but like the Cletus photo where I were <laughs> with me and my big smile and absolutely no front teeth and I'm sending it to to Mike and Casey because I was supposed to be on Radio versus the Martians that weekend. And I can't talk. I mean I can talk, but it all comes out weird and slobbery and the and the windscreen on on, on my microphone gets damp and yeah. Oh God. And it was terrible. It was not an easy thing to witness. Yeah. Um, nor, nor an easy thing to kind of keep a straight face when you're grinning Cletus style. <laughs> yeah. So I tried doing daily and I tried practicing with the daily briefing, but my my if you listen to the last daily briefing I was on, if you listen very carefully, you can hear my United States moments. Because my teeth are falling out. And my teeth are literally falling out. So if you want a little bit of an audio Easter egg, there you go. You can go listen to the last daily briefing I was on, which is a little over a week ago now. And I have my Trumpian United moments when the front falls off. Um, It was a valiant effort and a good trial run to see whether... Doing a radio versus the Martians that weekend without your bridge affixed would have been possible, and I just and really answer- don't think it would have been. And the answer was no. <laughs> no the answer was no. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then that Monday, we had this big uh, Zoom meeting with a local community organization that I had to be on. And I think I did a good job. But those of you in the know, if you go back and watch it, will see that I have to adjust my face every two or three minutes to make sure my face doesn't auto-dismantle mid-sentence, which, uh, when you're trying to impress people... Yes, community organization. We are also community organization. Yes, we're um, also shoestring. Give us money. Yeah. Let's partner. I mean, I guess that would work. Yeah, we're we're totally self-funded. We're not, we don't have a lot of funding, and then my teeth fall out. <laughs> I mean, that's that'd be a sell, wouldn't it? But literally, it's just my teeth fail. But, like, the time... One of the times my face failed meeting richard dawkins the time we met richard dawkins right. we were talking to richard dawkins when one when two of the 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 crowns the te- yeah those temp crowns those temp crowns just fell out of my face and i was left with these ugly spindly things while meeting richard dawkins for well the only time uh and so that picture where i'm that picture of us together where i'm red as a beat that's uh, embarrassment <laughs> <laughs> So that's what I've been up to. Oh, well, I haven't even gotten to what the repair was. Well, now that I didn't have now, now that I'm I'm uh, there's no more teeth to anchor a bridge to. Yeah. Now that I'm not now that I'm in half duplex fleshlight mode. Um, Ugh, Sam! <laughs> <laughs> I threw up in my mouth a little. Um, <laughs> don't Google that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so what were your next steps? Yeah. So what were my next steps? So I, now that I was an emergency, and so I was able to get uh, get things taken care of, I got two uh, two titanium implants with like bone grafts and stuff like that installed, and they're healing up right now. And so the guy got sutures in right now, which just feels like I've got some asparagus in my mouth that I just can't quite swallow, which is pretty hilarious. The sad thing is, I had to completely wait outside and twiddle my thumbs in the car. I'm not allowed in the the waiting room with you. Are, I can't. Would you want? I, I'm okay, I'm okay with that. Okay. I am super okay with that. All right. I did lead a uh, department heads meeting from the dashboard of our car while you're in surgery. Well, uh, uh, 
they, they got my face open in there. I don't want you in there coughing and... Okay, fair, very fair. Yeah. And we, we like our staff and we want to protect them from the possible symptomatic carrier that... Asymptomatic carrier, I may be. Words are escaping me. Yeah, that's the bad Just like your though. teeth were. Yeah. So, but it, I, I think my favorite moment was uh, when, when my teeth, when the bridge fell out and it just had the one screw... I did post that as my on my wall and say current status. <laughs> yes, and everybody was like, "Holy cats! What happened?" And I'm like, oh, "Did that hurt?" And it kind of fell out. <laughs> They're not real. <laughs> so it was a major. You know, I I got my my face modified, and now we're waiting for it to heal up. And then uh, I spent a couple days on painkillers. This is like really the first solid day I've had since the procedure. But friends, family, brothers and sisters, I have to apologize to you because for the foreseeable future, I have to eat pizza politician style. Politicians. Oh, like tonight. Knife and knife and a fork. It was so sad. Yeah. It's not, it's, <laughs> not it's not the same. I know it's different in Europe, but in, in America, pizza is is traditionally a finger food. You eat it with your hands, and you just shove it in your face, because it's, that's the most American way to eat something. <laughs> um, and and to have to eat it with a knife and a fork, it makes you look uh, so fancy, you know? I mean, it's just... No. All right. Done talking about my face! Um, Becky. Yes, Sam? Is a barcode tattoo disrespectful? To whom? To the people that think that that it's the mark of the beast and like the 666 mark of the beast no. and we're all going to get barcoded by the one world government? No, I like, I know some people who have barcode tattoos and that's always been kind of my shtick, if you will, what passes for a style. And Like that's your aesthetic? It is, it, yeah, yeah, a little bit. I've started to see people with QR code tattoos. Yeah, I like, I like, but, um, I mean, it is suggesting that people are being serial numbered and having those serial numbers tattooed on them, and I'm like, mm, that might not be so great. Mm. And so, I, I don't know. I don't think it's disrespectful if the person elects to put it on them. I think that someone else tattooing a serial number is definitely, like, there's a big history of that being no-no. Why do you think I balked when I thought of it? Okay, all right. Thus my question, Becky. (laughs) If it's not in blue ink and it's not actual numbers. All right, fair enough. I don't think it's disrespectful. All right. If it's part of your aesthetic and it's like... I don't know. It's something meaningful. If if it's one of those things where it looks like a barcode, but then if you tilt it to almost horizontal, you start seeing letters emerge. Like that could be cool. You know, like how how you're like, you're thinking overthinking this one. But that, and that's not what I would do. But yeah, I could see that. Okay, I don't know. It's just a question. It's always something that's been been in the back of my head is that I would do something like that. Have it some sort of functional thing like a. A thing that did a thing. Mm-hmm. But then I realized, you know, well, what do we put barcodes on? Things we generally stock. That's what we put barcodes on. And I'm like, well, people might get the wrong read from that if I did that. So, I don't know. I just think, figured I'd ask, you know, in a place where I could receive a program for it. Oh, I'm not going to appropriate you. <laughs> I muddled yeah, that one. I, I guess it's not that kind of show. Well, yeah, I was thinking you maybe you might might make more hay out of it, but I would I would really appreciate 
Not that I'm thinking about really getting a tattoo, but it's always something that's just sort of percolated in the back of my mind and it came up today. Well, I mean, you've got a whole listenership that can give you feedback on it, too. Yeah. Indeed. Which is why I'm mentioning it on the air. (laughs) Oh, I just thought this was a conversation between you and me, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, there's a microphone here? You know, you don't have to take the George and Gracie thing, Becky. You don't have to take it that far. (laughs) I am smiling and laughing. (laughs) I, uh, this is why this isn't an episode. None of us are, are sane enough for a full app today, I think. But we do want to, we do want to do some of the feedback. Um, cause we got a lot of, as you might imagine, we got fives of emails, uh, uh, regarding. I think that qualifies as handfuls. Handfuls of emails, yes. Uh, I don't know what that means in SI terms. So we're going to go through them, but we're only going to go through them a few today. So we're going to like two or three today. Two or three tomorrow, two or three the next day, as we get through them, just to, to sort of break up the increasingly excruciating monotony of being trapped in one's home for an entire solar cycle? Yes. Okay. Why don't we do it? All right. Um, we'll go with first Michael from the internet. All uh, Michael writes, in the same way that Hitler is dishonestly labeled as an atheist, I know for a fact that modern Christians will also do the same mislabeling. When they decide to disown Trump. That's the first part of Michael's feedback. Should we address that or is the second part related to that? The second part is unrelated to that. Hmm. My first thought is interesting abilities to have that foresight. If you know for a fact something that's going to happen. I think that probably we don't know for a fact, but we can extrapolate with pretty high confidence that there's going to be some folks that mislabel, that disown Trump and say... Well, he wasn't a real Christian. And we're already starting to see that. We've been seeing that since, you know. You see, I don't think ultimately... I don't think ultimately Trump is going to be viewed in the same way that one person... that The way that, that the despots of the 20th century were viewed. The mass murdering ones. You know, like Hitler or Stalin or whatnot. I, he's not... Because those guys were... were one of them was literally the man of steel, um, <laughs> and the other, you know, the stupid, dumb nicknames, and and they were part of mass movements that had gone on for generations, and they had taken care to place themselves at the center of things in turbulent times, and had stuck through it the whole way, and, and you know, they... They built the positions for themselves. You think Trump is fundamentally different because it's much more haphazard? Uh, Trump took advantage of the prevailing winds and just happened to be at the right place at the right time. He he just happened to be at the convergent zone of uh, stupid bullshit meme culture and um, an increasingly incoherent but angry left. And uh, a crumbling, uh, a crumbling political system. I think a lot of people know that I, that I make a, a slight study of the transition from the Roman uh, Republic to the Roman Empire for reasons. Uh, and so people are like, "Oh, he's a Caesar." No, I think he's Nero. Hmm. Like he's literally the guy who fiddled while the city burns. Like quite literally, that's kind of what he's up. He, he's running the Tonight Show. 
while we're the country hardest hit by this pandemic, and is basically trying to solve it by suplexing it. Um, but also the way Nero sort of took advantage of prevailing winds that they didn't have much to do with. Well, do you think that Nero was mislabeled or miscategorized in this no true Scotsman sort of way or mislabeled as the the political other? I mean, if we're saying like, oh, Hitler is an atheist. We say, no, it doesn't even matter at this point. Hitler is bad. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and sort of using atheist as an insult. Uh, I mean, do you think that that's even going to factor into things with Trump? Did it factor into things with Nero? I mean, the historical view of Nero, I think through mostly through Plutarch, is, is fairly negative, but the actual view of Nero, Nero is fairly murky. Mm. It's it's not as clear as we'd like it to be. Um, he He's definitely, you know, sort of in, in the, he was like the, the, at the transition point from one dynasty to another, so it was the first time that had happened in the Roman Empire, and then it was clear that dynasty you know, dynastic stuff was going to be the future of Roman politics, and the Senate was going to meet less and less, and the Cursus Honorum was didn't really mean anything anymore. So I don't know how he's going to compare it, but I don't think history is going to view him as a mastermind. Because mm. he's really not. He's more a pinky. No, pinky is the smarter of those two. <laughs> so he's neither the brain. No. Nor, no. If you're going cartoons, he's Dr. Claw. Fair. Okay. <laughs> Why is he evil? Eh, plot? I don't know. <laughs> uh, do you want to know Michael's uh, second question? Sure. It says, so how do you godless weirdos generate income with the internet? This coronavirus resulted in me losing my job as a valet driver. Income? Yeah, what, what's that? <laughs> we have day jobs. <laughs> well, I have day jobs. You job. have a day job. <laughs> Thank you, patrons. <laughs> No, really, our condolences on losing your job. We yeah. hope that your state has good unemployment benefits and whatnot. Um, godless weirdos, thanks. That's cool. Yeah, that's accurate. Do we generate income with the internet? N- n- no. I have a Patreon if you want to participate in it. I recently posted an hour-long or half-hour-long video where I explain how the radio automation software I built to back- works to Becky. That's the kind of stuff I put on it. I think that the bottom line is you do radio as a labor of love yeah and i think at some point if you were to be paid doing radio as opposed to doing it as a non-profit volunteer exploit you would grow to hate it yeah there's a lot of stories there i i mean honestly for the amount of effort and the amount of bs i'd have to put up with to work in broadcasting um you know, when I got to the point where I could seriously look at doing broadcasting professionally, outside of Ask an Atheist, like being a tech at a at a radio station or being an overnight or something like that, I realized that I was really probably better off staying where I was in IT and doing radio as a hobby, and so that's what I do. I mean, what what do I do to get paid when I get paid? I I'm I'm a hired gun IT guy. Um, that's what I do, and it works. Yep. I'm grateful to still have a paycheck even though schools are closed because, damn, we are working. In fact, I'm narrating virtual graduation this week. Yeah. It's a weird thing. I feel like I should get a paycheck. (laughs) For having to deal with me working from home? Yeah. I agree. Next email? 
Uh, yeah, this one I actually pre-recorded because oh. it was a little bit long. Oh, is that what this button does? Okay. Listener Steve commented on our most recent episode, but maybe I'm full of Shazbot. Here are some of his words to Sam, edited down for brevity. I and the rest of your audience were lucky to get what you so freely gave and shared with us. It's hard to reflect on the positives of your accomplishments when many times you can only see what still needs to be done while you're on the inside. You answered many of the questions both atheists and non-atheists struggle with in our personal struggles with religion, or at least address them so we could move forward to our own solutions where we were stuck. You did it with an approachable format that had previously been unavailable to the general public. I feel I've made a friend, even though we've never met. I've never felt that way with other atheist leaders. Though to be honest, Madeline Murray O'Hare and her family were not the highest bar to beat. But you were literally just another geeky, nerdy guy who happened to be an atheist and could intelligently speak to it. And your other discussions were fun, even when it went off on MLS or comic tangents that normally don't interest me. But it's also hard to relate to more modern leaders, intellectuals like Sam Harris and Christopher Hitchens, or entertainers like Bill Maher and Pendulet. They're good, but I doubt any could be half as entertaining while being relatable like you and Becky and the rest of your eclectic group of friends and acquaintances. You've helped spread not only information about atheism, but rational thinking and showing how much religion and other personal philosophies often violates people's rights because of its followers' dogmatic thinking. I especially appreciate your discussions of LGBT issues within religions as a retired gay man who's been an atheist since 15. You also helped me improve my knowledge on how, from a rational thinker perspective, to defend a woman's right to choose, the problems with anti-vaxxers, the difference between being a culture with largely Christian origins versus being a Christian nation, the background of our founding fathers in their understanding of the importance of separation of church and state, and even that some evangelists like Harold Camping can be friends, even if you're vastly different people with vastly different viewpoints. Your guests have probably educated me more on general science than any other media educator not named Neil deGrasse Tyson or Bill Nye. So thank you, Sam, for these last 10 years. Okay, I have to admit, part of the reason we're doing these in parts is because it's about as much as I can take in one sitting. <laughs> You're notoriously a person who struggles with those kinds of accolades or compliments. and It's uncomfortable, and I can't tell you why. I've never really quite understood it. I feel like I, you know, I could go on about that for some time. Well, Steve actually, this was about half of what Steve wrote. He actually was very lengthy in his feedback, and it's on the website as a, as a comment. But some of the things here that I think really resonated um, was, yeah, Steve references me and Steve references our guests. And I think uh, with regards to science education, probably a good chunk of that belongs to Dan Lombardo. But And I, I want to make sure he knows that, because anybody who needs to pick me up right now and so yeah every every time i'm right now and and this might be good advice for everybody i my radar for complimenting people is tuned way up right now anyway go on so even though steve's mentioning basically the eclectic crew and and you know all of us here you have really been the ringleader of that um i guess that's a 
funny phrase because that implies that we're a circus, which might kind of <laughs> be fitting. Yeah, <laughs> feeling seen. We even yep. have the the tigers, right? The yeah. little house panthers here. Um, there's like all of these. I just thought that Steve had this really insightful sort of retrospective of all of the different like aspects that Ask an Atheist is really really focused on and covered, mm-hmm. and. And I just thought it was cool. I thought especially looking at beyond atheism and looking at how religion can really hurt people and interfere with one's human rights and civil rights based on dogmatic thinking. It's something that you've really honed in others, primarily me, that it's not necessarily about religious belief, right? Like there could be folks that belong to churches and we don't really have much quarrel with them, right? But you could be a dogmatic believer regardless of whether you consider yourself religious or not. And there's problems that stem from that, that hurt people. And so that highlighted something, I don't know, very potent for me. Cause it's something that you, you know, you do, you say, right? Like religion, what's your quote? Religion is the armor that dogma wears. Yeah. That beyond religion, atheism to you isn't about not being religious. It's about being a dogmatic as much as possible. Yeah, it, it it always felt like a weird take for me to to do a show about atheism and and do a show in the atheist context and then say, yeah, religion isn't really my problem. R- religion is just the the is just the 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 most common vector for what my problem really is. And but it felt as time went on, I, I was really uncomfortable with it. To begin with, and then as time went on, I got more comfortable with it as, I mean, Harold Camping helped a lot with that. It's like, wow, okay, this is, like, this is dogma bankrupting people right before our eyes. And then I rode that for a while, and then the political dogma started to overtake the religious dogma. But they're riding in the same cart, if I can borrow from Dune. <laughs> I mean, I... Uh, the last email put it put it very succinctly when they you know when the people who love power require the presidents to be christian therefore uh auto theist donald trump consist is considered an evangelical christian <laughs> auto theist is by the way is something that has been ascribed to me more than once but not in the same way that i think it would apply to someone like donald trump i don't think so either <laughs> yeah um well I definitely appreciate Steve's email. Um, I did too, uh, especially the the Madeline Murray O'Hare thing. <laughs> I <laughs> you laughed, did get a kick out of it. I that. laughed pretty hard at that one when I first heard it. <laughs> There's another sort of bookended refrain that you have of, you know, religion is the armor that dogma wears, but on the other side of that, you have people are better than their books. Mm-hmm. I think that's that, you know, Steve references, well, you know, some evangelists can even be friends, right? Even if you have really different viewpoints. I don't know how many, you know, evangelical folks that you're friends with, Sam, (laughs) like on a personal level. But we certainly certainly have had a lot of guests and a lot of folks within our, our rotation of hosts who absolutely are friends with religious individuals, even who are evangelistic in their beliefs. One of the things that really bothered me about becoming a talk show host and someone who's known as a talk show host is how monochromatic my social circle turned. Is that uh, before now, I was uh, 
I was someone who was friends with a lot, a lot of evangelical Christians and a lot of conservative types and stuff like that. And as I've, as I've become more, uh, as I've become more outspoken, those people go away. And I did have that moment where I go, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. And then I thought about it for a while. I was like, you know, I've eaten their political crap for years and years and years. And the minute I start talking, they evaporate. Eh, screw them. <laughs> Find better friends. And, uh, or, or they just couldn't hack with someone who's known as a, uh, who's known as, as having those ideals and having those thoughts. And then that's just, a, then that's just the different idea. Uh, that's just the different, uh, the different, the same thing through a different doorway, I guess. Mm-hmm. But the, the idea that you can be friends with that person and, and the idea that religion is the dogma or is the armor that dogma wears of people are better than their books. We're talking about cognitive dissonance there. Mm-hmm. And we tend to talk about cognitive dissonance as if it's uh, uh, a, sh- uh, a wholly negative thing. When it has, it's the ability to hold multiple ideas in your head at the same time and deal with the way those ideas heterodyne. Um, there's, there's some positive things there, too. Is, is, so there's an asset. There, there's, 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 yeah. I think there is value in holding... In having to deal with two sets of, of interfering logic at the same time. I guess maybe that might be the computer programmer in me speaking, because that, that's something I have to deal with, you know, when I have to deal with business logic and actual logic. But, <laughs> you know, where where there's a cognitive dissonance in saying your religion harbors the worst of humanity, but you are better than this. Is that one is identifying the problem. And the other one is the outstretched hand that says we can move beyond this if you are willing. That's a kind of cognitive dissonance there. I can definitely see that. I can also definitely see that they can be congruent. Like Mm -hmm. one can lead to the other. Yeah. Saying, hey, try and avoid your dogmatic thinking because you're better than that. Mm -hmm. Or you have the capability to go beyond that. I mean, people... Saying that having these two things, having these two things in in your head at the same time is is by its very essence a lack of dogma. And I would say that being a dogmatic as much as possible leads you more often into cognitive dissonance than if you're dogmatic. Mm. Is the other side of that as well? If you're dogmatic, you just get to reject everything else, never enter, let it enter your yeah, your, if it, if your it, purview. If it doesn't fit into the dialectic, it's wrong. And that's that's a crap idea. Reality cares not for dialectics. We've got one other email. Shall we go there? Sure. This is Odd from Norway. Oh, hey, man. Yeah, Odd has written to us um, periodically over the years. Sometimes, yeah. So nice to hear from you. In lieu of new episodes, I had been listening back to the most recent batch. Some of the episodes get funnier when listening back to them. Like hearing about Becky getting Sam season tickets for his birthday. Dope. Are you you're you're face palming on the microphone? Yeah. <laughs> I got to go to two whole games. <laughs> yeah. It was that was definitely a dough moment. Okay. Um and then uh Odd also says on the back on the topic of backups, for the love of IBM, back up your data. Uh, okay. I don't know did this did this ever um 
Did this ever reach the show, or was this only in the background? It might have been in the background. You might have tweeted it. Okay. Working on it. I I nearly lost the entire Ask an Atheist archive uh, just about right before the lockdown, or maybe a couple weeks before the lockdown, because I noticed um, our f- the file server we have at the house wasn't... Uh, uh, some of the drives were in pre-fail state. I'm like, oh crap, that's it's a RAID 5. I have two dying drives. That's a bad thing. So we immediately upgraded the entire RAID system. It's all new hardware in there now. Is there a secondary backup? As anybody who does computers knows, a RAID is not a backup solution. It's part of a backup solution. And up until uh, I lost my office, what, six months ago? A year ago? Yeah, no, we gave it up um, in the fall. In the fall. I used to have multiple raids in multiple locations um, that would all R-sync off of, a, off of a centralized thing so that, you know, I could lose one raid and still be okay. I don't have that anymore. And then the, the one file server I implicitly trusted ended up being implicitly untrustworthy. And then everything went bad. So I'm, I'm still actively working on that. Uh, that was nearly a um, tech equivalent to the front fell off. <laughs> no, no, that would be uh, the tech. Equ- the my liver was accidentally transported to Venus. <laughs> okay, like that would be about the level of calamity. Gotcha, and also the the level of rarity that one might encounter. No, in the computer world, livers regularly are transported to Venus. Good to know. Yeah, I think I'll stick to teaching. Probably a good idea. So yeah, that's it for today. Um, any? Uh, do you have any other emails that we got to cover, or is, is not that for, today. for today? We'll save a few more. Okay, for later. Yeah. So we'll get this posted, and then we'll uh, um, we'll we'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>